You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad, and uh, we've covered some of the uh, Irish historic locations that are in Canada. Uh, we've talked about Grosseal, and uh, years ago we talked with Marianne Gallagher, and we've talked with uh, uh, the Ireland Park in Toronto, and we've talked about the Rideau Canal in Ottawa, and we've talked about the monument that's being uh, going to a location that has now been finalised in Vancouver for an Ireland Canada monument. But there's also a very important monument in Montreal, uh, Griffintown, and uh, we talked about Griffintown a few years ago when the book came out. But I'm going to have a chat with Fergus Keyes, who's going to give me an overview of where things are at relative to the Blackstone in, in uh, Montreal at the moment. So, Fergus, thanks a million for coming along and having a chat. Um, oh, thank you for inviting me. So, uh, they, the Black Rock, just to put it in context for people who don't know, where did it come from, and how long has it been in its present position? Okay, so, I mean, I, of course you know some of the history, or all of the history, but let me just recap it quickly. Uh, during the famine years, up to a million people, of course, left Ireland, about 100,000 headed for what was then British North America, and today is, of course, called Canada. They died along the way, including at Gross Hill that you mentioned. When they reached Montreal, Montreal at that point in 1847 had a population of about 50,000 people. Montreal's an island. There were about 50,000 people in the whole island of Montreal. And about 70,000 Irish immigrants show up. So you can imagine. And they have been sent on from uh, Gros Hill in the belief that they were using the expression deemed well. Because Gros Hill had been over come they they did, weren't really that familiar with typhus they didn't understand what was happening they deemed them well and sent them on to montreal so mostly in the summer of 1847 a little bit also in 1848 but generally the summer of 1847 the irish started to die of course some fever sheds were built uh, it's hard to explain the location if someone doesn't know montreal but basically there's a bridge called victoria bridge that runs from montreal over across the St. Lawrence River to the South Shore. And right at the foot of the bridge on the Montreal side, they built 23 uh, fever sheds. And during the summer of 1847, about 6,000, some people say more, the accepted number of 6,000 of these Irish immigrants perished. This is in addition to the 5,000 that already died at Gross Hill. Um, so they were buried in the area, directly around uh, that, that area. That was 1847. In 1859, which is 12 years later, they're building this actual Victoria Bridge that I just mentioned, which is the first link from the island of Montreal to the mainland. It's being built mostly by Irish workers. And they discover some of the remains of these immigrants that died, like I say, 12 years earlier. And they decide something had to be done. So they demanded some kind of recognition. So eventually what was agreed to is they pulled a big boulder out of the St. Lawrence River, which was probably river stone colored at that point in time. They moved whatever remains they found to one spot and put this big stone on top of, of, of the graves. Over the years, of course, there's train traffic very close to that rock, and now a lot of automobile traffic in later years. The rock has turned uh, a distinctive black color, so now it's called the Black Rock. It was early, in the early days, it was called the Irish Commemorative Stone. 
Uh, now it's called the Black Rock. So I'll also say that the Black Rock, over it has its own history that I won't go into, but a few times various uh, officials tried to have it moved. The Montreal Irish community fought them, went on and on. Around 1909, a group of Irish people living in Montreal at the time said, listen, we'd like to build something bigger than the Black Rock. I mean, this was a big event because it, it wasn't only the 6,000 Irish that died, which was, of course, very important, but it was also this fantastic humanitarian effort by people living in the city of Montreal. It included every language group, every religious group, every cultural group went to help these sick and dying Irish. And many of them, including the mayor of Montreal at the time, a gentleman by the name of John Mills, gave up his life. He caught typhus and died, and six or seven gray nuns, and the list goes on and on. So it's really the two things, the memory of the 6,000 and the honor of all the people that went to help them. So they pull the Black Rock out of St. Lawrence River, and they put it there, and they say it should stay there as long as the water flows and the grass grows. Well, like I say, people tried to move it, but it's still there to this day. The effort in 1909 never went anywhere. Black Rock sat there for years. For almost 100 years, the ancient order of Hibernians in Canada have walked from the local Catholic church to the Black Rock in the last uh, the last Sunday of every May, to remember these immigrants. And about 10 years ago, probably longer now, closer to 12 years ago, Victor Boyle, who is the Canadian president of the ancient order, ancient order of Hibernians, decided to try and revive the idea of building a much nicer space, a larger memorial space than simply this black rock which at the present moment sits in between two highways, one running on each traffic going on in opposite direction on each side of the rock. So he came along and asked if I would help him out on that project, um, which I did. Once I started doing all the uh, research and finding the real deep history behind it, the deaths and the, and the great humanitarian effort, I was more than pleased to. So we started working on it and working on it. Right now, across from Black Rock to the east of it, for sake of definition, is a large parking lot. That was once a community. The community was actually uh, bulldozed in room for uh, what was Expo 67 that went on in Montreal. Then they built the stadium there. In the late 1970s, the stadium was taken down. So it ended up being uh, just an empty parking lot. And that's where we would like to build this memorial space. Well, we tried to get our hands on it, and it went back and forth, and, you know, bureaucracy and this and that. And eventually the space was sold to uh, Hydro-Quebec. Hydro-Quebec is one of the largest corporations in the province of Quebec. It sells electric power all over northeastern U.S. as well as in Canada, a very multi-billion dollar corporation. And we kind of, when we first heard that Hydro had bought it, we thought, no, that was probably the end of the project. I mean, where were we going to go? How were we going to fight them on this land? Exactly the, the opposite happened. The public relations of Hydro-Quebec contacted and says, listen, guys, we understand it's important to your community. We want to do something. So over the last couple of years, we've been meeting with Hydro-Quebec, and then the Ville de Montréal, the city of Montreal, came in and jumped on board and said, listen, we want to do something, too. We want to help with you guys. So we formed a... a, a committee, a group, which includes representatives of Hydro-Quebec, representatives of the City of Montreal, and representatives of the Montreal Irish community. 
And over the last years, it's really been really progressing a great deal. Hydro-Quebec has agreed to see just shy of four acres of land for this uh, memorial spot. And as I mentioned, the road runs around the Black Rock, which is very inconvenient when we go to build our memorial space. So the City of Montreal, actually just today we, we received the, a notice from the City of Montreal that they will move Bridge Street away from the location of the Black Rock, redirect it, very expensive and a, a, a very technically difficult thing to do, but they have sent us formal written notice that they will do that. It will probably take a couple of years, but they'll be moving the Black Rock. So all to say that we certainly hope probably by 2024, 2025, everything will be in place and we'll have one of the nicest memorial spaces anywhere in the world in memory of the famine and how it affected the city of Montreal and the history of Quebec. Well, Fergus, I'm looking at pictures as you were talking. I was looking at where the, the Black Rock is positioned between the two roads on, on Google Maps and mm-hmm. looking at the parking lot that is there on the east side of it. And right. um, Yes, it, I, I know that um, it is a challenge. Uh, if anybody was to say, well, I want to go and visit this memorial, that you're taking your life in your hands running across a busy highway to get there. So the act of moving a road in order to facilitate a park is very much a generous gesture on behalf of Be The Montreal. Yeah, it absolutely is. And like I say, it's both uh, complicated and expensive because that road actually comes off of the Victoria Bridge that I mentioned. Yep. So it's got to be diverted in a certain way. And then there's all kinds of technical stuff that I don't really understand, but the angle of the turn of the road has to work into a certain way and, and things like that. So for sure, for the city to commit in writing, clear cut that it's in their budget and that it will be done, uh, was, was really tremendous news that we received yesterday. So it's, uh, it, it's nice. It's also a tremendous testament to the Irish influence in Montreal, not just uh, in the 1840s, because I know back in the early 1820s, the Irish were uh, the main workers on the Lachine Canal, uh, the navvies that subsequently moved on to Ottawa to help build the Rideau Canal, and that the whole area around there, Griffintown, was very much an area that the Irish community lived in and um, came to and worked out of. And it had a long history, uh, an Irish history, including the, this, uh, Thomas Darcy McGee had some to represented that area in the House of Commons. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Of course, there were Irish on the very first census ever taken in Nouvelle-France in uh, 1600s. So there have been Irish here uh, on the territory for a long time. But as you mentioned, there were really two large waves of Irish that arrived in Montreal, one around the 1820s after the Napoleonic Wars, and uh, the second one being the famine Irish, and generally around 1847. But that first group arriving in 1820s, a number of them were farmers and ended up moving to rural districts of, uh, of the province of Quebec, but a large number also stayed in the urban center and started building a Lachine Canal. And again, as you mentioned, very close to the Lachine Canal, there was an area that was built uh, 
mainly as a result of, of a lady by name of Mary Griffin, who subdivided the land. It's also quite a story, but at any rate, she subdivided and sold the land, and they put buildings on it, and um, the Irish ended up living in that area in Griffintown, mainly because it was really just a few steps away to Lachine Canal, and they were really the builders, and of course, in the early 1820s, this was physical labor, and and transport was at a minimum, so... It was based, it's generally how Griffintown ended up growing up. And for the next, oh, gee, 150 years, maybe longer, it was almost an exclusive Irish area of the, of the city. And it's often forgotten that back that pre-famine, that in the building of both the Lachine Canal and also of the Rideau Canal and other canals in North America, uh, the Erie Canal um, and many others, that the Irish were the main workforce and a lot of life was lost back then also because the Irish psyche to some degree nearly draws a line in the, in the sand and says well there was the famine but the Irish influence is very strong pre-famine and my understanding in Montreal as well was that the Irish were very influential in the print sector in the newspaper industry yeah, interesting enough, I'm preparing uh, some research for uh, a talk I have to give on Irish that um, made a difference to the city of Montreal. My biggest problem with it is there were so many that trying to narrow it down into the time that I'm going to be given to give this presentation is really difficult. They were all over the place for sure. In the early days, they were the workers, the Lachine Canal, no doubt about it. They also influenced some of the general work in, in Canada. For example, they went on strike. The Irish workers went on strike mainly as they were building the Lachine Canal. One is because the the, the people actually doing it were, uh, rolled back their wages. So that was one of the big things. But their second big argument is that they had to buy from the company store. You know, the old song, uh, sold my soul to the company store. Yeah. And they didn't want to buy from the company store. This became quite a thing. And it was an accepted practice in almost all big construction sites in North America at the time. And they got it changed. So it was, you know, it still continued on many years in other, in other areas, but, uh, they had to change that they did not have to buy from the company store, which was a big thing. Also, interesting enough, many of them were Catholics, and the Catholic Church, of course, supporting the the powers to be, were telling them, "Well, you, you know, you have to, uh, you know, you have to obey the law and stop uh, the strike." And and one of the first times that that I've seen it, they went back to the Catholic Church and said, "Listen, you do your churching stuff, and we'll do our building of the canal stuff." And basically mind your own business and stay out of it, which was quite remarkable again in the 1820s. So they were a gang of interesting guys, for sure. There's no question. And then, as I mentioned, they went on to build also the Victoria Bridge in Montreal, many other sites, too. And, of course, the Irish were huge when it came to the railways and the expansion of the railways. And Montreal was a big hub for the railway. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, both major railways had their head offices and the central point of operation in Montreal, Canadian Pacific, and what eventually became Canadian National. But in those days, was usually the Grand Trunk Railway, and uh, yeah, a lot of workers were on that. They also the, the Montreal Fire Department in the from its inception for the next fifty years was almost exclusively uh, Irish. And a lot of them, there was a certain amount of nepotism there. You know, your father was a fireman, you could become a fireman. And, and the same thing happened in the police department in Montreal. Like you see in New York or Chicago, they seem to 
gravitate toward the police department. So there's a lot of Irish around. As they say, there's nothing wrong with nepotism as long as you keep it in the family. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you mentioned then that hopefully by maybe 2024 that this project may come to fruition. Now, you're more familiar with the timescale of Montreal construction, road construction seasons than most would be, and it can often be very weather-dependent. And as a result, what may be meant for 24 might end up in 2026. But oh, really? <laughs> So if the city are moving the, um, the road, that is a, a big chunk of the construction work that is associated with it. So when it comes to the actual development of the, the Memorial Park then, is the Irish community being asked to put the hand in their pocket, and if so, to what extent? Well, the Irish community is certainly being asked to put their hand in their pocket. Uh, we don't really know, but uh, we're, we're trying to, right now, we're trying to raise $1 million in seed money that we're going to need for okay. paying uh, architects and stuff. Uh, it's hard to uh, to really determine even the price of the land that Hydro is, is giving to this project. You know, it's four acres and practically in downtown Montreal, you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the city of Montreal is giving that, but they're also mentioning that they might give other monies. Okay. Um, federal and provincial government, of course, we expect them to come across. And we've even talked to uh, the new ambassador in Ireland. I mean, at least putting our foot in there a little. Maybe there are some programs in the Irish government that might be able to contribute something because it's a very, very important part of history, not only to Montreal, but the connection between Montreal and Ireland, of course, or Canada and Ireland. Indeed. So, Fergus, have you established at this stage any fundraising initiatives that uh, people could tap into, or is that something that's a little further down the road at the moment? It's just a little further down the road. Uh, this group that we were involved with, that we have been in, that we are involved with, Hydro-Quebec and City of Montreal, have only recently become more formalized, so we have set up a fundraising and finance committee okay. run by uh, Scott Phelan, who is a past president of St. Patrick's Society here in Montreal. We've set up a construction committee. So we're setting up these committees to, to try and put it all together. And I know Scott is working very hard on finding. He, he, in turn, has set up a committee of people uh, who have joined, who are big, well-known members of the Irish community in Montreal, who have agreed to sit on our finance committee. Um, so it's coming along nicely, but at this stage we haven't really uh, come to the point where we're going door to door yet. Okay, well when you get to that point, we will be happy to share that and get it out there and do what we can to to help spread the word and um, advertise it for you. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there a website that anybody can go to to get a sense of what's happening or any Facebook page or anything like that? Yeah, if they if if you go in a search on Facebook, for example, you can find uh, put in either Black Rock or the Montreal Irish Monument Park Either okay. one of them will bring you to the same site. It's been it's been there five or six, seven years now, so we're really uh, there's a lot of information on where we are and as things happen. And interesting enough, on the opening page of the Facebook, uh, um, I think it's right at the top, you'll see something concerning REM. REM is the new light transit railway, uh, uh, building a new light transit railway through the city. And they came to the Irish community a couple of years ago and said, listen, we have to put a pillar 
in where we think the main cemetery is, where you guys claim the main cemetery is. Nobody was really sure. The documents are a little vague. And, uh, but we're going to put an archaeologist on site, and we're going to be very careful. And, and they did. Last year, uh, last year, during their date, they made a very special basket. It's, it's quite an interesting thing that you can see on our Facebook page. They made a very special basket, uh, drilled a hole down where they're going to put their, their baton, their... Uh, the foundation, the foundation. Yeah, and then they lowered that special basket down with an archaeologist. And the archaeologist started going around because it, it's a pie-shaped bottom. It's it's really remarkable, and it was designed specifically for this project on our behalf. So okay. another organization has spent a lot of money. The end result being that they discovered 14 remains uh, in the body, uh, the remains of 14 individuals which are currently at a laboratory and being uh, verified for things like proximate age, uh, gender, uh, cause of death, um, other things that they can get, as well as DNA. Uh, The bones were in uh, clay, uh, that area is clay, and apparently that was really great as far as the archaeologists are concerned for pulling out information. They didn't decay as much as, you know, you're talking 175 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so that's, that's another exciting part of the project for us is that uh, we'll have these 14 remains. And with the DNA, who knows where that would go, you know, these days. Indeed, indeed. Well, Fergus has been excellent getting the, the update on what's happening. And it's exciting news. And uh, I know when it comes to all these projects, uh, you wish they would move faster than they actually do, but any progress is progress. And and in these times particularly, where it can be so difficult uh, and challenging because construction, um, I know in, in many places construction has been put on hold if it's not essential. Even meetings have to be virtual and everything else. So... Uh, people are struggling with trying to, to make all these things happen. So congratulations on an excellent uh, outcome to, the, to date. And as I say, I look forward to being able to share more as time goes on. And thank you. I, I want to thank you for taking the time and spending it with us and, and telling the story. Yeah, I'll be pleased to keep you up to date as we move along.